Hello, Rachel. How you doing? Oh, I'm. I was doing fine. I was doing just fine. But then, up uh, one of my one of my men had to go all a wall on me, and it oh. really let me down. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I. Oh, we're all sorry to hear it. Such a selfish act. No, no, no. It was a selfless act, actually. You see, he had this girl. That uh, he was looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Like, I, like he just got a feeling that a stranger mm, was in danger. So not just a stranger, I- not just a stranger. It's his girl. You know, he found out information oh. that his girlfriend was in trouble, and she so may be down there. Wasn't solely out of the goodness of his heart. Well, I mean, he found two other people in the process. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't go down to them. He didn't care about Well, no, them. no, he had no way to get them back up by himself because he went rogue and he has a ship that kind of accommodate that. Sounds like he's a fuckwit and a well, 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 let me, let me, uh, let me uh, make this a little bit more streamlined. Let's, yeah. ca- uh, let, you know, let's, um, uh, I, I want to keep going with this bit, but I cannot remember for the life of me. <laughs> What Ross said at the end of this what was it he, he's like way of saying that we can't talk about this anymore. He had like compartmentalizing. all compartmentalizing. Com- yes, yes, yes. And he this has is other terms. officially compartmentalizing. You will never speak, speak of, of this, this again. again. Your actions, each of you, and the repercussions of which have been reclassified, compartmentalized. You understand that all actions and accounts upon the planet tell us did not exist, nor will they exist. Any breach of this understanding is a violation of compartmentalized information, and there will be severe consequences. All right, let's get down to business, because we aren't messing around. I'm Ryan, and you're Rachel, and we are Yum Yum Podcast, the only podcast in the entire world with Yum Yum Energy. What is Yum Yum Energy? Well, that's just for us to know. I mean, if you've listened to previous episodes where we've talked about it, discovered it for ourselves, you know. But if not, you'll just feel it as you listen to us. We are named ourselves Yum Yum because of an amazing line of dialogue from Star Trek Discovery, a series that wishes it could have Yum Yum Energy, even though it gave us the amazing line Commander Nan, who is a character it in that series, brings the yum yum. Who's a character in that series? Licked her lips sexily, flicked her hair back, and replied "yum yum" as a thing to say with no rhyme or reason. And we like to pick on Star Trek Discovery, you know, make fun of it, point out that moment. But we are rewatch. Uh, we, we're not. Well, I'm rewatching. You're watching for the first time, Rachel. Space throwing above a whole usual. Throwing off thing. the whole usual thing. Space above and beyond. And this is a series. I'm going to say it. We're two episodes in. We've got the pilot. We've got this one. This is a series where characters would say yum yum. Absolutely. It would be weird and out of nowhere. But absolutely weird and out of nowhere in a way that feels right for the show. Do you yeah, know what I mean by I, that? I, I, no, I get it. I get it. I if, get it. If Commodore Ross said yum yum 
in like episode 10 of this show, I believe it. Now, now, if he said it now, it would be a little bit unbelievable. But if he said in episode like 11, sure, nailed it, got it. Well, that line originally comes from a season finale. Oh, so... you saying we got to wait for the series finale for this? Mm-hmm. Who do you think will say it? You've just met our cast of characters. This is basically everyone who's going to be in the show. Who's who's the who's the person? Um, mm. there's there's a few contenders. I don't I don't know. You don't know? No, I'm not sure. It's Wang. It's it's got to be Wang. Yeah. Wang's got it in the bag, but. Uh, yes, our dynamic usually is we are rewatching something and reviewing it, and it is different. Space Above and Beyond is a show that I have seen and you have not. So there are not going to be spoilers in this, so if you are a first-time viewer of Space Above and Beyond, uh, welcome. Uh, of course, we'll be spoiling the details of this episode and previous ones, but I am not going to give away future things. Yet again, this is also a series that got cancelled in the 90s and it was only a one and done thing so I'm not gonna like I don't think I'm gonna give away too much but no I'll keep my buttoned up I'm buttoned up we're looking at and talking about for this one the second episode of Space Above and Beyond which has according to the DVD summary it, it is this it is the farthest man from home and the plot is as such when the USS Saratoga not what you said last time, it is actually the Saratoga, passes close to the planet where the Earth colonists were attacked, West goes AWOL and flies down to the planet in the hope that his girlfriend, Kylan, somehow survived. Oh, what an episode this was. If I can go into what I've had a relationship with this one in the past is... I, this is obviously the first episode, like the pilots, the first episode, but in a way, this is it. Like, this This is is telling you what the show is going to be. This is a 45 minute thing. The pilot is a different thing than a first episode. Yes. This was, hey, Ryan, this is the first episode. And I remembered being meh. I like the world, I like the overall aesthetics of the show, I don't mind the ideas being flung around, but this was not an enthralling journey for me. It was, oh, okay, I guess. I was hoping for more of the cool world that was presented in the previous one, where I wanted something about the AIs, I wanted something Mm -hmm. more about the Chigs, I wanted... More of the world stuff rather than uh, kind of uh, demonstrating how the military works and a minor character piece for West. Yeah. And so this one is kind of a blur in my brain. It didn't leave much of a mark. And to kind of give a quick fire summary of how I feel about it now is I found it a deeply frustrating watch because... The bare bones of this make sense. I go, okay, this is an episode that actually would make... Like, I can buy this as the first episode. You're You're making a simple story. But it frustrates me because they don't lean into 
the character of Nathan West as much as they should. He does things, he has conversations with people, but there are certain conversations, certain motivations, certain nuances of the character that I'm starving for that needed to be in this one, that needed to be there for me to want to follow the things he does in this and not be annoyed to tears by it, not to be frustrated by it. And that is my, that is where I'm at, where I, this, this needs another draft or two. There's some things that are prioritized over things that I think are, are vital the the character work here is 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 very lacking mm. and they focus rather on running around or laying down in the dark or building up suspense for future storylines which i don't mind that so much but i needed a conversation or two from west with the other characters about his life so that way so we could root for him in some semblance when he does the things he does. Uh, you are a first-timer with this. Uh, what do you think? The farthest man from home. Okay, so I had a fundamental problem with this episode. Mm-hmm. It's the first episode, right? Yes. And a large part of this plot, the tension of it, is is he going to rescue Kylan? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's the first fucking episode. There's no way that he's getting his girlfriend back. Okay. Like, there's just no way that that is happening. Mm-hmm. So I found myself disinterested in a lots of parts because it's just like, oh, they're going to get close but not get the cigar. Yeah. And that's most of the episode is him almost getting close to find, like getting closer to mm. finding Kylan and then realizing that he's actually further away. The farthest man from home. It left me a bit disinterested in mm. parts, but it was paced well enough. That I wasn't always thinking about that. I want you guys to know. I was close. To her? To home. I don't have an issue with these things as strongly as you do, but I do understand the crux of the problem that you're talking about. It's a tug of war with me because I know that He's not going to get his girlfriend back at the end of this episode. That's just not how this story works. I know Voyager isn't going to come home at the end of an episode because that's how the story works. But I still get suckered in any way because of the emotional resonance or the furthering of themes and or story beats. So for this, I actually don't mind that he's not getting his girlfriend back because this shows dower. And it's a dour ending. Rather than giving him what he wants, which is to kiss his girlfriend, it is instead furthering the reason why he's in the military, which is to find his girlfriend. That is the real motivator of why he's here. And this episode, he acts selfishly. 
he acts arrogantly because to attain that it's goal. It's his motivation. Mm-hmm. And it's his sole motivation. He does not give a fuck about the military. And they don't reward or him. Or the war. Yes. He cares about his own goals. Yes. And the the crew of the Saratoga is managing to still stay where they are because of a more elaborate scheme above them that they don't understand yet. But his actions cost so much, and him getting the girl in this would have been a betrayal because it yeah. would have been rewarding him for his arrogance. So I'm fine with him not getting the girl here. Oh, I and think I'm, it and makes I'm fine. complete sense. Yeah, and I'm fine as this being a thread for his character in the series where he's motivated to find her, Maybe he has these close moments where he's about to find her, or maybe he doesn't even know if she's there. Like you said, we don't really see her. We see her locket. We know she's alive because she recorded on locket. You can assume she's on that uh, chain gang that they're dragging away, but he doesn't see it. He doesn't see her. He doesn't mark her down as there she is, and it makes him gung-ho to do it even more there's always that doubt and i think in a show like this where we get it from these first two episodes there's a lot of things in the shadows things in the darkness things in the depths of space evil corporations evil corporations evil aliens or maybe they're not evil we don't know the motivations of so many things. Maybe they're not even really aliens. With it, everything's mysterious. So to have this be a thing that just nags at our main character that, is she even alive? Where did they take her? I've got to find her. It is a fascinating thing to put down as the character thing, but I, I understand what you're saying too, which is you're spending 45 minutes here knowing that he's not going to get her in the end. So you're looking at your watch going, well, they better fill this 45. He's not in danger. Oh, of course. I don't think any of our main crew are in danger. Mm. I was like, well, people get shot down a lot. Yeah, but nobody died. I'm talking about deaths. Oh, yeah. I don't think they'll kill either of the survivors. Oh, okay. I was like, maybe, like, you know. Maybe the one who nagged a lot. But you've got to fill that 45 minutes up with something. Yeah, and you have to build and release tension. Like, I don't I don't begrudge it for making the choice. It's just personally, it made me less invested mm. because I'm aware of the construction mm. of it. The conceits. We've got the show now and there's all those new things that we have this is the main location this is what the costumes look like these these are the characters we're following we have a bit these... more of a budget we have yeah we have uh this is kind of what a structure of an episode would look like we have opening credits and and this is the music we're gonna have so kind of let's go through that stuff so we have the music the music is excellent it matches completely with what the show's going for, which is World War II in space. 
So you have that real. Are you sure it's not Vietnam in space? Real swooping, uh, kind of musical score to it. That real bravado that uh, that is there. I love the music for the opening credits. I I adore it very much. It gets I you. I love the font choice. The font the font choice is fun. I like that too. Uh, opening credits they're not too long. There's no narration over it. It is just. Here's the name of the show, and here's a bunch of footage of our characters uh, from episodes, and also them shot for this opening credits. What did you think of the opener? It was fun. It was fun, simple, got the job done, got out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I reminded of the fact that, like... Some of the best themes are really short, like you know, think Breaking Bad's yeah. opening credits. Um, and sometimes it's weird to remember that, like you know, it can be good and short because you know, on the other end, you get like HBO opening credits. Are they fifteen minutes long? Yes. I think the visuals of the credits are a little too goofy for for my just taste. Just so very of the time to me. <sighs> I was just like, I don't think it yep, does... that's that that's this style of show. That's mm. f- from the time that it is." And I'm like, well, it's better than Enterprises. Well, everything's better than Enterprises. Uh, visually, I just find it a little too goofball, where we have okay. our main characters just like, here's a shot of Hawks sitting in full dress uniform next to a plane. Here's, here's Vanson, and she's on some too rocks. Too stagey? Oh, it's too stagey, too um, brightly it, it, yeah. lit as well. That's the thing is... The opening credits aren't uh, connective to the show, where the opening credits are... In terms uh, of style. In terms of style, visual presentation, and tone. They're very visually bright, poppy, very uh, uh, silly. Uh, yeah, or and, and or it looks far more like it is jag or something, <laughs> which I do get there's that element of this is trying to be a military show from this time period and you're right where it does evoke and mm. and have that uh, uh that aesthetic of lots of shows from this era as well but i just don't think like you cut from the opening credits to the actual show and it is jarring it is jarring how different they look how different they feel to one another uh, there's just something about it that it just never has worked for me. I love the music. I love the 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 uh, the the font choices as well. I love just the length of it. Uh, but it just doesn't do much for me. The I just kind of look at it. Go, is eh. less than the parts. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it, it's aided by the musical choices. We have our uh, our, our our location, the Saratoga. Uh, what did you think? You've only got to see it this really this one time, yeah. but uh, thoughts on it? Um, I was just like, this really looks like a set. Yeah, so you were taken out because yeah. it looked too much like a set. Like, you know, it's just that thing of I like since it's the first time that I'm seeing it. I'm more likely to notice those things and the seams and there's just 
a few design decisions where I'm like, oh, yeah, some people were really happy to make props for a sci-fi show. Like? Oh. Did you like the VR headset? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, you know what really stands out to me, and it's 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 a blessing and a curse because I agree they look like sets. It's because the budget isn't there. It's very bare bones, so you're noticing the lack of textures. There's not enough grit to the the materials that they make for the interiors of the ship. So this is supposed to be a, 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 a some, you know, this is supposed to be metal, but you know it isn't real metal. It isn't real steel. It isn't that type of thing. It just doesn't look. Nothing has weight to it. it but I really do like how nondescript it is as well, because it is just, this is a military ship. This isn't a fancy ship. This isn't going to be the Star Trek, you know, this isn't Starship Enterprise where we have the big captain chair and everybody gathers around that. Or this isn't Babylon 5 where we have the Zocalo and everything of that nature. It is, this is their bunks. This is their barracks. This is their bunks. This is where, this is the boardroom where they have their debriefings and everything. And it's literally a boardroom because there's a room with a board in it. That's all it's there to do. I, I love the blunt practicality of it. It's not showy. It's not fancy. It's just, here are some corridors. Here's a room that has a TV. It's so cramped, like a submarine uh, or or like a naval vessel. It's so cramped where Hawks is on that little VR thing. And it does feel awkward because guess what? He's in the corner. Yeah, it's just shoved in there. It's shoved in the corner because there's no space. Everything's so cramped. And I think that's a blessing and a curse because a part of you wants things to be laid out in a way that's more visually pleasing where there's space and you get a feeling of the environment more easily and your eye is drawn to things that are pretty. But also for what this show is going for, clearly... That it makes sense. Make sense. Yeah, like this makes that, sense. This makes sense. The pretty, uh, sleek designs would not fit. What this needs is it would fit in the version of the show that the opening credits suggests. What this needs is better paint for the set and or better physical material that they make as well as coordinating with the lighting. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. There's actually many great scenes where uh, the interior of Saratoga looks excellent because of the stark lighting choices they make, such as when the farthest man from home, played by French Stewart, when he's getting interrogated in that little room that they keep him in, that was great. That looked awesome. That 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 little set that they made, you felt cramped in there. You felt uh, the door slam closed and that little beam of light coming through from the glass. That looked great because of the very stark lighting they had to it. But the other moments in the episode is just like, uh, it's kind of just shot with just normal light. It just doesn't look very fanciful. I Flat. will I will disagree if you if you have a problem with the actual uh uh, uh the, the the what's the name of this I'm looking for where they have their ships uh the 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 docking bay yeah 
I love that set. I love how it's a real thing where it's a real thing where the things come out of the floor and the things open up for them and they go down. I love how you know that's a real thing. You know that's a physical thing that's just sitting there. I, I think that's a marvelously done set. I think that's where all the budget goes to is that 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 particular set. I think they nailed that. I love also just uh again to tie into the attitude of the show it's very haunting in a way that their cockpits they they get in them and they descend into the ground like they're a coffin yeah and then they fly off i think that just pitch perfectly gives you what you need to know about what this is what did you think of that set? Because that's like the big area. You know, they put money into it that was in the pilot. They've brought it back here. Yeah. I didn't stop to think about it that much. Uh, like, and I suppose that's a good sign because I was like, yep, that looks good. Doesn't need to be thought about. It looks mm. like a docking bay. And these look like actual planes. And I'm paying attention to what's happening and not thinking about the set designer. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. We have our cast of characters. The opening credits told you who was in the show. We, mm -hmm. we have McQueen is a fully dedicated character. He's not messing around in this episode. Like, he's mm -hmm. in the episode. Mm -hmm. Wang, far more present, far more obviously the comedic relief of the gang. Uh, uh, we still have not had too much of Vanessa. She's been, uh, uh, not, yeah, not Vanessa. Vanessa. Vanessa, yes, Vanessa's off to the side yeah. a little bit. She's there. She, she hasn't got much to do in this one. She gets that nice little moment, um. Where she's watching videos from home? No. I like that, where she's like, yeah. tells you everything, you, tells you what you need to know about her where she's that watching videos of her family. That was very sweet. No, she has another awkward moment with me. Guys, like, things aren't made for in vitros. Oh, yeah, yeah, where she's talking to Hawks, where he's cutting off the thing on the helmet because it doesn't yeah. accommodate for the belly button on the back of his neck. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, that's a good little moment. But uh, let's talk about McQueen and uh, Wang, since they are firmly established now as characters in this show. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about these two? I don't have any particular feelings about Wang. Mm -hmm. They gave him a thing. He loves sports. <laughs> yeah, and I don't care about sports, so I don't care about him. Do you think the actor's good? Yeah. Okay. Do you think he'll be a character you'll grow to like or not? Because Maybe. I, I don't know. Because, like, I'm like, oh, y you are being a doofus. Mm-hmm. I have West for that. He's a different type of doofus. Different type of doofus. West but still is arrogant. A, still a doofus. Oh, you didn't like his other names for the chigs? Because he didn't like that chigs <laughs> were called chigs. He rather than be like a praying mantis or all these <laughs> other insects that he thinks they... Like, like, Wang is clearly... Even though he's not in the episode much... I think they do it a very efficient job at letting... Like, telling yeah. us he's going to be the blabbermouth. He's going to be... The comedic relief. He's, his call sign is Joker. Did you notice that? Yeah. So he's going to be the Joker of the group. He's into sports, and that's something he connects with with the other members of, of the team. 
because they're all into different aspects of sports, but he's into it the most. I, I actually really liked when he kicked Wes off the TV. Wes is like being a fucking loser watching <laughs> JFK speeches. I'm telling you the plot. That happened. <laughs> that happened. That literally happened. I know. It's so stupid. It's so stupid in such a fine way that he's just sitting there watching the JFK speech. Because he's a loser. He's a nerd. Wayne kicks him off the TV because he needs to watch his sports. I don't know. I find him endearing, uh, especially because he had... The pilot, I really forgot that they didn't even try to make it clear that he was going to be in the show. Yeah. I, I, I always think of Wang as like, oh, yeah, and there's Wang. Like, he, to me, he's never, like, a big main character. Like, he's one of the main characters, but he's never one of my big favorites. But I liked him here. I wish that he got more to do. And McQueen, we we, we said it last time. He's, 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 he's played by an excellent actor. Clearly, he's the most skilled actor in the cast. And so they bring him to the forefront here. And he was my favorite part of the whole yeah, episode. He, like, he's pitch perfect. And I'm like, I just loved seeing him. I loved every line that he got. I thought it was all great. I uh, my My personal favorite was when he was doing the briefing and he was just doing the normal briefy things, and then he, he then Are you he wondering s- what to get me for Christmas? for Christmas. Just snapped to West. Our mission is a reconnaissance patrol of two planets in the Indy twenty ninety one hundred star system. Both are hot. Chigs own them. West. What are you wondering? What to get me for Christmas? He's so furious at West throughout this whole episode, and that made him relatable because we were furious at West. Because he's being a fuckwit. Because West is being a dickhead. And we relate to McQueen because we just want them to do the mission normally, but West has to go screw it up for everybody. West goes AWOL. West goes off his rocker. Uh, We start the episode with a, a rather typical move of science fiction television of the 1990s which is to have a cold open sting in which we are seeing a horrific event or revelation of One something that's, that's seeming, that's seemingly disconnected from our crew which is the planet that the the ship got shot down over we're seeing the debris we're seeing this uh this uh, reconnaissance group or this rescue group these army guys looking through all of this uh destruction finding dead bodies there's there's a dog and then oh out of the rubble French Stewart jumps up and he starts screaming that he's the farthest man from home. I'm the farthest man from home. And they, they have to kill the dog as well. No, no, no. The chicks kill the dog later. The chicks kill the dogs the later. The dog dies. The dog dies later wanna, in the episode. I just want to note that the dog dies. The dog dies. The chicks kill the dog later. But they, they grab French Stewart, they drag him in, and he's screaming, I'm the farthest man from home. And what an opener. What yeah. what what an opening of an episode. To me, this is one of my least favorite types of openings, which is crazy guy yeah. saying oh. weird things and we're going to have to watch our crew mm-hmm. find out what those weird things are and the answer to that is very annoying. Where it's one of those righty things where he's saying home but he doesn't actually mean home. He means this. It's all 
lyrical and metaphorical, and it's just shut oh, up. And when it gets to West, giving when he those says lines, it, I'm like, oh fuck off. Home doesn't Wake mean home. It's, it's like home means death, or home means your girlfriend, or home means it's just always these different things. And I felt like Sewell, the guy interrogating. French Stewart, where I just wanted him to sh- tell me straight up what's going on. Just, just, hey, do we have to take you back to Earth and re-educate you? I, I, I sympathize with the evil corporation in this episode <laughs> because these are my least favorite type of. These are some of my least favorite type of sci-fi mysteries where. We could just have it explained to us sensibly, but oh no, the person that knows the thing is crazy, and they speak in gobbledygook, and we have to try and decipher it. I, I just, I don't know, I always find that such a lackluster storytelling method, and it's also really not that relevant to what takes place in the episode, because most of the episode is West just goes down there and he discovers things for himself. Yeah. And there's... Another thing, I kept on being like, it's a ballsy move to start the first proper episode of your series without the crew. Mm. Because I was like, wait, did they recast this show? No, Rachel, they kept them. They were just waiting for you to see them having their normal life, watching JFK, playing VR shoot-em-ups, looking at videos from home, watching the football, and whatever Vanson was doing. (laughs) The crazy man, who is the seemingly last survivor of this entire affair, is there just so he can tell Wes that, no, there are the survivors, and your girlfriend's one of them, go down to the planet now. And it takes up too much time. The character is not a character. He is just a device in the script. And a device that makes it so that we have some lame action-y stuff as well with West going through an air vent and he's kicking things and he's crawling through these things. And oh, and it's not very exhilarating to watch. It's not very exhilarating to watch. And the payoff to it isn't enough for all of that build-up and momentum. I just wanted West to get that information in a far quicker and smoother way so that he could just go down to the planet and we could spend more time just with the storyline that does present itself. Yeah. Because this is your first time viewing this. How did you feel about how the episode presented what the story was going to be and then what it actually was? Did it gel for you? Did it weave together for you? Or was there a disconnect like there is for me? I guess I was just kind of rolling with it. I was like, oh, that's a bit of a jilt or jittery here. But, like, you know, it's still finding its feet. So I didn't stop to think about it. I was like, okay, and we're doing this now. Okay. Mm. Show me what you got. Mm. Do you think we're supposed to like West? Because he immediately immediately breaks all of the regs and the rules and betrays everybody and makes it a nightmare for everyone else in his life in this show, like, to get his girlfriend back. And I 
think there is a level of self-awareness from the creative team that we aren't supposed to like him because pretty much everyone rips him a new one. Even the people on the planet, when he says to that woman that he doesn't have any way to bring them back up, she just kind of slaps at him and basically says that he's a useless prick and he should go away. I, I, I do think they have an awareness, but... I I need them to have that balance of making this unlikable character somebody I do want to follow. I said this earlier, but he goes AWOL. He does all of this stuff. He finds out this information about his girlfriend. He he goes into the the, the to get his ship. He locks everybody out. He disregards what McQueen has to say, and he flies off, and he engages the Chigs, and he goes down, and he finds all this information, and, oh, he missed his girl. And his friends have to come down and save him. And yet, at no point in the episode, we got... A, a, a scene, a scene of him talking about why this is so important for him. No, we get no visual, time for that. We get visual aids of flashbacks to the pilot to remind us, the audience, of what is driving him, of him being separated from his girlfriend. But you know what I think would have really nailed it for me: a scene between him and Vanson. Because she's the most sympathetic towards him in this, right? Yes. She goes to bat for him. Yeah. And I have to ask you, why? I I don't fucking know. I really don't. And I still don't give a shit about his girlfriend either. No, but I don't know why she goes to bat for him so other it's than... like, I don't care about West. I don't care about his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are you trying to help this dickhead? Yeah, he's he's just scum of the earth. And there's that speech that she gives where he's doing a selfless act. And you are looking at me and I'm looking at you with those expressions of, what the hell is she talking about? He's being selfish. He's being selfish. But, this, but the episode is telling you he isn't. So you should feel conflict. Like, that's the thing. Do you want me to like him or not? Because you're telling me I should like him here, but his actions aren't telling me I should. He needed a scene with Vanson because she has sympathy towards him. He needed that scene where he talks about when he first met his girlfriend, Kylan. That connection that they have, what they see in one another, why they love each other. Yes, it may be corny. Yes, it may be just exposition, but it would have humanized him and would have made his plight something that another character in the show would know about, would care about, would understand. And maybe you have a conversation between Vanson and him where Vanson is more of an experienced military person in terms of mentality. She's mentally more prepared to be a marine in space than West is. Yes. She's had a traumatic life. She's had to be the basically the mother to her sisters, right? She's not had the time for intimate relationships that like West is having. And maybe she can have a conversation with him in which she talks about... And again, this is me making a script here. This is one scene I think would have really worked of him talking about his girlfriend and how he needs that. He needs that connection. He needs to be with her. And Vanson talking about how to be in the military, to be where they are, they have to have 
a certain distance from personal connections like she has had with her sisters currently, where she loves her sisters, but to be where she is, she needs to remove them from herself, and he needs to learn to do that with Kylan. If he wants to be a successful officer in the military, he needs to do that, and if he doesn't want to do that, he needs to really think about why he's here in the first place. Isn't that a scene? That is a scene, but it I don't think it would work, because... He doesn't want to be a good military officer. No, no, that's the point. It makes him, this conversation would make him actually momentarily think about what is he doing here. Like, and then he can go off and go rogue because yeah. he's selfish. Yeah, I, I guess. Without a complexity. I would, yeah. I, I know, I would come at it slightly differently. I think a scene between the two of them could be really good. But I would shift it so that he seems to have a more genuine understanding and truly truly grasp the severity of what he does. Because McQueen points out, yeah, he's risked his own life and, you know, also military equipment. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's risked all of your lives. Mm. He never seems to appreciate that in the severity that I would appreciate. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah, it's my fault. But it's like, well, nobody died and he saved these two people. So it's just like, it worked out in the end. But could the So be- I guess I'm not that bad of a person mm-hmm. for doing this. But could that not be something to explore in the series? Absolutely. Where he keeps doing yeah. this and it keeps ramping up and he comes to a breaking point and big realization and maybe has to apologize or maybe has to become a better person. I don't I don't know. I can't remember all the details of the show and I'm not even saying that happens. I'm saying in this episode we needed a moment to remind us and for the other another character specifically Vanson to know why this matters so much to him outside of the generic it's my girl we needed that scene of him just saying when i first saw kylan i you know and on you go you can write a little monologue all to your heart's content yeah I it's so lacking and it's so specifically lacking that if you plugged it in I think this episode would boost up several points because I don't have a problem with what they get up to where he flies down and he shoots his way well, that's and all fine. and he goes to the planet and people are calling him out for being unprepared, unprofessional, selfish, arrogant egotistical, naive. Everyone calls him out for that and they all have to cover for his ass. All of that is completely fine to me, but there is a there is a balancing act of having a character that is, in the text, selfish and unlikable, but we, the audience, have to root for them. That's why series like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad are great shows. They have characters that suck, 
you shouldn't like them, but you root for them for all these different reasons because they give you these humanizing factors. But West, I don't understand West deeply enough for this to work. I understand what he's supposed to be, but they haven't filled it in. And this is the first episode. They're going to hopefully fill it in as they go along. But in this 45 minutes, I was just watching this doofus running around on a planet. And I was just throwing my hands up in the air, waiting for the competent people to come in and clean up his mess. Clean up his mess. And they do. They do. The, 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 The big strength of this, if I'm, because we're being harsh. Uh, we're being very negative on this, and I'm going to say it. This is this is a yum of an episode, but the strength of this episode with West being such a fuckhead of a character, such an unlikable, unrelatable character, is all the others shine. By comparison, yeah. I loved Hawks in this episode. Oh. I thought he was adorable. I thought he was so Taking much Taking no fucking shit. When he jumped out with those fucking leaves, it was great. He's so much better than he was in the pilot. So much better. He's funny. He's charismatic. He's adorable. He's, he's not awkward. bogged down by exposition. And he's not angst, angst, angst all the time. <laughs> he's got connections to other characters. I liked Vanson as well. I thought she was pretty good, even though yeah. they saddled her with things that I think were unfair in relation to West. I thought the actress did a good job. I thought her dynamic with McQueen was McQueen was really great. Like I said, Wang is an element that is introduced like as a proper character here where he adds just a little bit of lightness to the affair. And McQueen is an excellent character and he's highlighted as being excellent because of what we said. He is pissed off with our with our lead and we inherently agree because yep. we're pissed off too. And again, it ties back into do they want us to actually like West as a character? I I, I don't know. I at this feel, moment. I, I don't know either, but I want it to be a no so that I'm vindicated because I don't like him. Oh, oh God. No, no, no. I don't I don't like him. He's well, I like the actor. The actor's the actor, doing a yeah. great job. That's the a, character uh, is the problem, not the actor. I just want to uh, make that definitive statement. I think the actor is is totally embodying what needs to be here, even more so than the script is allowing. He definitely has an understanding of what West needs to be, and I get a feeling even from these first two episodes, he's ahead of where the writers are mm. with this guy. He embodies West. Tell us, isn't it? Where you were going to colonize. I never thought I'd see it. From Earth, it would have taken 12 years for the next wormhole to open. And space is just a shortcut through reticulum. I was just thinking what it would have been like to have been with her. Seeing Tell us together for the first time. Uh, There's a beautiful moment early on of setting up and paying off where Hawks is childishly playing on his VR, making the little noises, the pew, bang, all these things, the little call signs and all of that, and he's moving in a really specific manner, and he's jolting around, and I do appreciate that he does that in the actual battlefield at the end of the episode when they're fighting against the Chigs. I found I found that endearing. He doesn't take it that seriously. He's, he's more annoyed at West. 
Yeah, like <laughs> West is yelling at him, and he's just like, "Oh, f- shut up, West!" Bing, bing, boom, and it's just—he's <laughs> such a great character. I mean, how do you feel about how Hawks is portrayed here in terms of? There's a definite element of his. At least I'm reading it this way. I'm curious to hear your thoughts of. He's far more of a of a naive guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been subjected to the world, not experienced the world, mm. which leads to this kind of um almost sort of dysfunction of his immaturity and his strength and skills. Mm. It's an interesting version of a man-child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We learn some stuff when they go down to the planet. Uh, We meet some survivors. We know for a fact that the aliens who are called the Chigs, how do you feel about the Chigs? The name, or just in general? I'm like, okay. They have a name now. Great. You don't seem enthused. No, I'm like, I'm like, eh. they name him after a flea. Yeah, I'm like, it makes sense. Hmm? Repurposing words. It's what we do. Uh, not only is it... I would prefer that over them making a new word. Well, how do you feel about the fact that it's a slur? They name them after this, in like this, 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 ver- this like tick, this flea, this disgusting thing, and chig in itself sounds like a slur. Yeah, it and sounds make- like you're combining two slurs together. Yeah. It, it makes it's one complete of my- sense. Makes complete sense for this world to do this, but more specifically, I guess that. You would name this faceless, unknown enemy a slur. Like, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, of course you would name something that demoralizes and degrades them in the eyes of everybody because it's just like, you need something that'll give people hope. So, like, comparing them to a pest, something that can be eradicated and exterminated, it's very good for propaganda. Oh, oh boy. And, yeah, they're conditioned to hate the enemy already because An the enemy... An easier way to other them. Because the enemy are other. We don't know what they look like. They're inhuman. They kill on sight, it seems. Like, they kill the dog. And they have these strange customs that we don't yet understand, such as they don't like dead bodies. They don't like going in there, whether they're afraid of them or they have a reverence for them. Either way, they act funny around their own dead, which is... Obviously something that our human characters look at as a strange thing, as a weakness as well, which I find 
rather interesting is they 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 don't spend any time uh like west or any of our characters theorizing why they are that way no xenoanthropologists here more it's oh this is a great tactical advantage which yeah because they're marines which again tells you everything you need to know about our crew and the world that they inhabit and the perspective that they have of just how can we get one up on these guys because these guys are monsters they're chigs and the chigs themselves i mean what we see of them here they don't they don't try to be nice they're violent they attack they strike first and they strike bloody and you understand why Earth is on the edge here. It's a you know they're on a defensive posture, uh, and so there's even that moment where McQueen, I think it's McQueen, is having to uh, break the rules because he's going to send them to go save his team, and the people are saying you can't go there. That's that that's that's the aliens' planet. Like they own that now. The chigs own it. They accept that they own it now, and it's like you can't go there because they will just kill everyone. Uh, I mean, that's just how it is. Uh, obviously, this is a, a huge factor of the show: is the alien involved, the yeah. aliens, the the alien menace. Talk me through what your experience is with that currently, because we've only had little bits and bobs, but they still give us some kind of strands to play with here. The main thing that I've latched onto is the degree in which the show is comfortable with othering the aliens because there's no room for nuance. And any place where there could be, it's snuffed out. Like, it's like, oh, they're just looking for the human. But no, they killed the dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he it was making a noise. Yeah. Yeah. So they killed the dog. So but, And it's just like, eh, it's something associated with the humans. It's alive. It's now dead. Mm. But I'm also like, oh, okay, you're building this up. So it's not just they're evil. It's, they're evil and don't want to go near this dead body. They're evil, but they are keeping prisoners. Yes. So they're setting up interests while also establishing expectations for them. So it's like, these things are consistent, but... We don't know what's going on here, or they might do this thing. They might surprise you in this way. Uh huh. And that's building from stuff that they set up in the pilot as well. One of the things that I found really striking is they very, 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 very nicely and subtly, and I think this is the strength of Space Above and Beyond, is the the subtlety is put to the world and to the inhabitants of the world rather than necessarily character or, in this case, story, with the Chigs have a military. They have squadrons. They have platoons. Structure. They have 
a, 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 a space force of their own, where at first, in the other one, we knew that, but we more got the sense that they were just this chaotic force that came down and wiped out this thing and they kicked over the anthill. We didn't get a clear sense that they were an a, you know an opposing army of their own. Here we do. We see that shot where uh West is looking at them and there they are in uh in uh formations on the ground like the 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 physical chigs are in formations. Yeah taking these people into the ship as prisoners and they have uh you know little tents and structures built in like you do see for our human characters so i thought that was really something that leapt out as a piece of uh visual storytelling to let us know that the chigs themselves are also a, a formalized military unit like our main characters are yeah. rather than just bandits or rogue mm. aliens or just this you know how i'm talking yeah, about with some yeah. sci-fis but it's just like the ancient aliens that just come mm. and attack these are fair, these fair. chigs are patrolling and they're talking to each other in obviously their language but clearly yeah. they're talking to each other like how soldiers do it's like mm-hmm. 10 o'clock or you know make sure yes. to check this and i thought that was really great i wish mm-hmm. there was more of that kind of thing here where yeah. there's more of that kind of visual storytelling and subtlety mm. where it allows me to pick that up and yeah. and internally have it there rather than exposition yeah, or- like i hadn't stopped to consider that i i even from the pilot assumed that it was a military force and strategic strike mm. and that was just kind of made solid and certain for me when they like deliberately left that message Mm. in the pilot i'm like yeah it's an army yeah and the fact that they attacked them twice yes in a way then cut out their communication so they didn't even know about it this feels way more army like than pirate like yeah because i was tossing up between are they gonna go in these two directions with the aliens in the pilot and now i'm like uh, it's army versus army and they 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 make it so that they're not just kind of wild beasts in space. Like they aren't just a hive mind swarm of things. They are. They're not the Borg. They're not the Borg, or not even just the Borg. Like what was that group in Star Trek Beyond, right? Where they had like the swarm of ships that would rip you apart. And here it is just this is going to be a war in space with an opposing force that also have tactical moves of their own. And I thought that was a great piece. Uh, Anything else bubbling in your brain about the overall uh, world mythos or what we're going to be exploring ahead in this series? Anything lingering here for you? I suppose there's one other bit that links into the end of the episode. Which is that somebody's pulling strings to he- help them out. Mm. Because. To cover this up. By all accounts, everybody in the crew that was involved in this should be court martialed. Mm. 
at the least. Like the sentencing is a whole other thing, but everybody deserves to be court-martialed, discharged for sure. Yeah, like, like, but like they broke like serious regulations doing what they did. So you're so that's why I say court-martialed. Yeah, so you're curious on what who that did is. that and for what reason? Well, I think. It's implied in the episode who did that, which was yeah. the the head of the corporation that yes. they have, uh, the corporation but who the why is funded and made the mission unclear. that was terraforming the planet in yes. the first place. Yeah, it's unclear as to why they like, did it for now, it, but you know that they're covering things up. It benefits somebody else, but why? Yeah, a, a wonderful, a wonderful piece of of direction here that tells you so much. Again, I want to praise for what is a very bare bones, lackluster episode. There are these shining moments of beauty and brilliance. Of we have the moment where the evil corporate suit guy and Commodore Ross give each other the exchange. And it is mm-hmm. basically, hey, thanks, Ross, for covering this up for me. And Ross is disgusted, and he storms off. He he, he feels absolutely, rep- like, he this is reprehensible to him, but he follows orders because the corporation clearly has the military in their pocket. And you get that, and you get that demonstrated with the guy closing the door, and the door is the same door, the same type of door that was on the ship that Kylan was on, and in that there, the door telling you that that corporation owns this ship, yes, owns Ross, Mm -hmm. owns the military, owns this entire thing. It's sinister. It's unsettling. All it is is a door closing. That is what this show needs to lean into more. And they have been leaning into it. That's the thing. They are doing it. We just want, as it goes along, more of this and less of uh, less of the kind of West kicking grates in and running around in air ducts type thing because that's far less interesting. Because you know what he's doing, but it takes so long for him to do it. Well, this is quick and subtle. You can trust me. Because I know the Marines killed one on Mars. We've studied it. And now I know more about them than anyone should. I want to check in with you. I asked you in the previous one if this sold you on wanting to watch the show and you weren't too sure you went nah it's a pilot i'll see when we actually get the first episode to kind of get more of a feel of what the show is how do you feel yes i'm sold like i don't love it but i am interested enough to want to keep watching Rating of this episode, we use our impressive and impervious scale of yum being bad and yum yum being good. It's a yum from me. Yum. It's a yum from me. Yum. I've got the next episode ready to read out. Now, we're changing it up from our usual format. I, I thought 
Since Rachel hasn't seen the series before, we'll just read out the episode title for the next one. Kind of maybe have a back and forth on what you think is going to be. Ryan in... said that he wouldn't be spoiling anything, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. only the episodes that we're discussing. Yes, so, so episode title. title is so episode three is the dark side of the sun. Ooh, thoughts. I like, okay, is it going to be the cliche or the flip of the cliche? And it was the flip. Mm-hmm. The dark side of the sun. Because, you know, it doesn't by the, by the By the Pink Floyd. <laughs> you remember that? Remember that from the pilot? Remember that? The Pink Floyd? I do remember the Pink Floyd. The dark... it would make sense if they mis- mm-hmm. mis- misnamed. Mis- what do you think? Quick fire thought. What do you think the dark side of the sun will entail? Oh, I think they're going to be on a different planet. I think they're going to be away from Telus. And I think it's going to be not as directly related to the Kylan rescue plot. Okay, okay. I don't think it's going to be as strongly like he goes out looking for Kylan because I don't think they would do mm. two AWOL episodes in a row. They should do every episode an AWOL episode. <laughs> Hopefully, Dark Side of the Sun will give us some intrigue, some fun, some nuances. I personally am looking forward to seeing more episodes that focus on the other characters in the series. Less West, please. We've had two West episodes in a row. And Three, if we when have, you remember that yeah, the pilot's the pilot two can parts. Be, can be two parts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we get more of our other players as, as, as focus spots, or at least... I want more, more McQueen. More McQueen, mm-hmm. more actively engaged in the plots, if if not the actual focus of the episodes would be would be my dream. Just more. Would would be Just more, would be please. that, and hopefully Vanessa gets more of a character. We'll to see. Do. She's a good actress. I think she's very good, but mm-hmm. she's she thus far has been given very little. Yes, uh, I think that she will remain getting very little, but yeah. uh, I hope she gets more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all we've got for you. Uh, that is it. We're done. We're dusted. You've listened to us talk mm-hmm. about space above and beyond for now. But Ryan, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next we time. Will be. But you know what's definitely not lackluster? Oh. Uh, what is, in fact, spectacular? Yum, yum, dare I say? Yes. Our email. <laughs> I was going to say your social media posts. Oh, our social media. Our email is yumyumpod at gmail.com. So it is by definition yum yum. You can email us there if you want to contact us directly and let us know your thoughts and opinions on the things we've discussed and what you're thinking about a space above and beyond. We have all this stuff happening on social media so you can follow us on your social media of choice under yum yum pod or yum yum podcast this is going to be in the description of the episode so make sure to check that out we have our patreon 
where we have much content over there, whole slew of things where we've talked about all of these different types of movies, all these different TV shows, podcasts, music, video games. If you want to support us, come on over to Yum Yum Pod on Patreon. You get to be a part of a group Discord. You get to communicate and engage with other yumlings out there. Uh, and uh, that is all. If you have not rated and reviewed us on your podcatcher of choice, we would love it if you did so. It would make us proud. It would make us proud, Rachel. I'm saluting because okay. of the pride that I feel. Now, this is the end. A character did not say yum yum here. No one said yum yum. And I'm I'm saddened by that. I, I'm truly saddened because someone here is going to say it. If this series went on, someone would have said it. Someone. Someone would have said it. But in the meantime, yeah. it will be us. <laughs> Rachel. Yum yum. Yum yum. Here's the pegs. <laughs>